live from the end of a 28-hour marathon of watching Captain Subasa videos on YouTube, it's the Vocal Minority Podcast. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Vocal Minority Podcast. The podcast that always knew TFC would get a starting keeper before training camp. No, really. We're super positive now. Didn't you know? Never doubted it. Not one second. (laughs) On this week's show, we talk about the Super Draft, as long with TFC's newest midfielder, Subasa Endo. Look ahead to training camp, and oh yeah, welcome our newest keeper, Clint Irwin. And now, to this week's panel. He's struggling to find something to be curmudgeonly about this week. It's Duncan Fletcher. No struggle at all. I am very happily... You know, we'll go along. Your, your, your curmudgeon. Yeah, the, the the TFC, the the branch said they have done right by us. They give us you know a great name to play with, and then you know give us a good goalie. There's no complaints. Excellent. Uh, no struggle. I am happy with my positivity right now. Today's special guest. Yes, we've managed to convince him to come back from Red Nation Online and the East Side Stand Up Podcast. It's Ian Clark. Still no singing. Damn it. Aww, be no come on. But, however, I will find things to complain about. <laughs> All right. As promised. Yes. Excellent. Good. Uh, Tony is heading to LA to scout LAFC, and Mark is on his way back from scouting the tequila division. As for me, I am currently wearing my rose colored glasses for this episode. I am your host, Kristen Knowles. And now, to the show. Let's start the show off with uh, a bit of excitement and some true positivity. Clint Irwin, welcome aboard. Crikey. That is... <laughs> it was an unexpected... Hold on. Yeah. Took me a second. <laughs> Expect a lot of Steve Irwin jokes <laughs> over the years. Mm-hmm. Oh, dear gods. I did not even think about that. That just popped into no. my head about two or three minutes ago, to be honest. I, I, oh. We're not going to nickname <laughs> Stingray, are we? <laughs> <laughs> is that out of bounds? I don't think it should be. Okay. I'm, I'm comfortable I think, I think with enough that. Enough time has yeah. passed. I think we're good. Yeah. Well done. There you go. Yeah. You've, uh, later on in the show, this will come into play more more uh, fully. <laughs> uh, so, Clint Irwin, kind of a surprising announcement today. Turn on Twitter and be like, "Wait, what? Mm-hmm. What just happened?" So he's been acquired from the Colorado Rapids, where he's been for the last three years for some of that good old Tam money. So we don't know how much, of course, because the league does not reveal these details. No, no. And a couple draft picks. So one for... Third, third round, like, this year. Right. So this, so this coming week. this has been in the works, I guess. And then... Well, they haven't had the third round yet, yeah. so oh, God, it's all good. Right. First round next year. And then, and then first round next year, which is conditional. Conditional on what? Who knows? Him actually performing well. Who knows? Yeah. Mm. Um, but welcome aboard our new number one keeper. Yeah. This is... Again, surprise, but it's it's. I'm struggling to find anything to be unhappy about this with, which is fine with me. It's nice to feel truly positive about a TFC move for once. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, you know, you guys are lucky that you record your podcast at night because if you're following Twitter, some in this morning were even so yeah. surprised. This was such a secret. Exactly, that podcast mm. were recorded this morning. 
that uh, didn't know it was going to happen. So yeah. mm-hmm. uh, lucky for you guys. Yes. And uh, that we get to discuss this this week instead of next week. <laughs> yeah, that yes. would have been quite the uh, <laughs> burn if it's like spent like, a good 20 minutes bitching about, oh, we've got no fucking goalies. <laughs> and then, and then next week, before oh, we actually put it out, yeah. there's sign one, and then a week later we have to talk about it. That wouldn't be good. But, uh, <laughs> this works. So, again, thank you, TFC. It's, we really do really, appreciate this. They're really working Sean, for us this year. Bang, thank you so much. Yeah. We really appreciate yeah. it. It's nice of you. 2016, a uh, whole new uh, sort of relationship between TFC and the vocal minority. I know. It's, it, it yeah. feels odd, but uh-huh, I, I, yeah. we're, we're going to stick with it for now. Mm-hmm. Um, Claire Wynn, though, kind of an interesting story with his background coming from the lower, lower, lower leagues. So applying his trade in Ottawa for Capital City FC mm. and penning uh, quite the interesting article about his time there and the fact that, what was it, making $500 a month? I or think that's what they said, plus expenses and, and then bonuses, and presumably this the, was the, the CSL winning game bonus. That yeah, one really. This was the CSL, so presumably there were various gambling kickbacks as well. Exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, it's uh, is the the new Paul Mark Bloom. He is, yeah. <laughs> although mm-hmm. less poor now with the yeah, yeah, his salary okay. from last season. But um, so he's had what three years with Colorado? Mm-hmm. Yeah, thereabouts. And, and he beat out. I was saying Matt Pickens. Right. That was the big story of I think was it 2013 then. Yeah. Um, that Pickens was obviously the number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a good pedigree and background. I think uh, in England as well as then coming back to MLS, won an MLS Cup, uh, and then I can't remember. If it, was it an injury? I don't know. Where, I don't remember the the what it was that necessarily made the switch. But Irwin, you know, started playing and he was on fire and it never looked back. End of Matt Pickens, and now he's with uh, Thomas Rongen and Lee Godfrey at the Tampa Bay Rowdies. Yeah. Um, and that's that's the back that's sort of the background. Clint Irwin. So mm-hmm. I think when you look at what he's done at Colorado, who's who hasn't been a great team, but he's still I think been in MLS standards. You know, a, oh, a, res- yeah. a respected right, keeper, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, I think he's not he's not like Nick Ramando, Bill Hamid, Luis Robles. He's not like really top level, but he's but the next, next level year, down. Yeah. Probably better than Ben Decor Canopka last year, and most importantly, he's very salary cap friendly. Mm-hmm. Presumably, we haven't given him some kind of grand new contract which doubles anything or anything like that. And obviously, we've spent some of our uh, TAM money to get him. But yeah, it's, you, you can't really argue with it. He's a good, just basically a good, solid MLS level goalie, and with the improved personnel and defence and from you know, what Bill Manning was saying was supposedly going to be concentrating a bit more on defence put those two things together you know just a good solid goalie is all you need and if you can get one of those for a cheap cap hit no complaints well and then a couple other things so he's not he's relatively young so there's which yeah. is great you know you get that's the that's the idea right is to get the whole defence now is you know youngish there's a there's a room for a, a core to grow but Speaking of the defense, the new and improved defense, who did he play with last year? But Drew Moore. Yep. Well. So to already know, to have your keeper and the guy who's going to lead your back line, because Drew Moore is going to be marshalling that line. Like, that's... He's that seems the best. To be the plan. He's the best experience. He's their center back. To already know one another and be able to communicate and be familiar, like that is tremendous for TFC, considering the defensive nightmare that it has been for a while. Yeah, for sure. And I think the... <clears throat> You know what you look at some of the players that we've brought in from last year as well. You kind of have this idea where as long as this team doesn't go through the yearly shit show of turning people over, there are players that you can see saying, "Oh, this could be, this could fit like a five-year." Oh, I'm going to say it. Oh, I'm going to say it. 
five-year plan. Hey. Uh, um, but you know, I mean, you can see players whether it's Josie, Jovenko, uh, even you know Drew Moore to an extent, and you have even Morrow. Like these are guys that could be on the team for an extended period of time, and then you have a keeper who's 26, who is at that age for a keeper's sake, that's not your prime. You're yeah, still no, you're still heading into it. Into your prime, exactly. You're still yeah. you're still heading into it. So I think that is a huge bonus. Um, of what we're looking at. And then just sort of, uh, you know, leave a little bed- breadcrumb we might go into further is, you know, when you talk about his story of where he comes from in terms of the NCAA not really coming out of the draft as a, as a touted player and whatnot, yet still finding his way to get an MLS and being a starting keeper. I find those stories, that's when we get to it, that's what I find interesting about NCAA and why I'm not one who's sort of like, you know, against it, so to speak. Um, I do think there are lots of lots of diamonds in the rough uh, in North American soccer that just because they've never had a Canadian or U.S. men's national team call up, Doesn't they don't they not. don't get that extra leg up mm-hmm. through the through the development cycle and through and through uh, you know getting recognized by teams. And then there's guys like a like this guy Irwin who just keeps plugging away, and when he gets his chance. He makes a count, really and it's. Yeah. I think for me, those are kind of the inspiring stories. Mm-hmm. Although, I mean, you know, the real hardship for him to overcome and everything that's about to come. Yeah, you know, I'm sure it's you know probably swap places with like him and Bendik last year. Bendik in Colorado probably would look quite good. Irwin <laughs> in Toronto probably wouldn't. Yeah, so I was, was going to refer to Colorado as a shit show at one point, but then I was like, <laughs> well, <laughs> defensively, no, no, they weren't. They were quite solid. Yeah, but, yeah. but I'm yeah. talking about the, the franchise. Oh, well, yeah. does have so, a bit yes. of reputation over the last few years as oh, not, not being the best really. and then I'm like well I can't really mm-hmm. stones can we now <laughs> well he'll yeah. be used to that then it'll, I mean, it'll, it'll it looked well. as if they were doing quite well when Oscar Pareja was there it looks like there's always mm-hmm. something good is starting here then he left and that all seems to have unraveled since Mascherone came along but yeah. To, yeah. so then this sort of puts to, to rest any thoughts that Cullen Roberts or Alex Bono might magically step in as number one this season um, but there's still uncertainty as to who's going to be the backup or and there's, we, we've got a, a rumor piece at the end of the show we'll throw a few more things out about who might else might come in to, to back up Irwin but with all of this just with all the new defensive signings and him guys is this like the first year in like six years that TFC actually has a competent Theoretically, on paper. I know, I yes. know. I feel weird saying it. I just, I want it to be true so mm, badly. But, I mean, th- there was a lot of talk last year of us fixing the defense <laughs> when we signed Perkis, so... <laughs> the, but this, when we said Perkis was coming in, really all people, I think, were doing was looking at his Wikipedia page, yeah. deducing he played for he played for Poland, where he had played, and that he was good. I, I would be seriously surprised if a lot of people had actually seen him play, mm-hmm. uh, because once we did... For me, definitely the, the you know the tune changed of what I thought of him as a player. Whereas this year, I mean, we know who Drew Moore is. Yeah, we know who Stephen Bateshaw mm-hmm. is. We obviously know who Morrow is. We know who Burke is. But uh, and we know yeah. who Clint Irwin is. Like yeah, so that's I think that's a huge step in at least being able to say definitively we kind of have an idea what's going to. And of course, we know Will Johnson, uh, and as well as whether or not where Michael Bradley ends up playing. I think Bradley we can Long. say we can say the the back end is is stronger than it was before. Yeah. Yes, well, undoubtedly. I think and I like the way they've done it as well. As oh, right, you're going for people that you know and people that have proven themselves in MLS. Okay, thank exactly. you. We finally what, have. What stopped you from doing this all those other years? Well, those weren't big and shiny. Well, indeed. Yeah. Right, Doesn't well, necessarily sell tickets, does it? Apparently not. Although, was that stadium full last year? No. No. So maybe that maybe the idea of winning 
that could might be could be the magic uh, <laughs> the, the, the secret magic. ingredient. Maybe they figured out. That's I know this is crazy. crazy. Ian, wow. like, seriously, I don't know. We don't invite you on here for these crackpot ideas of yours. <laughs> Tim Lewicki uh, slowly here. shakes his every, every episode like, when I come, mm. I come with the tinfoil hat on. Last time it was uh, <laughs> last time it was why we signed Hercules Gomez. This time it's why are we signing his players to win? That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Stop it. You're gonna. People are not gonna. Are no longer gonna think we're a legitimate podcast. Do yeah. you mind? Tune out when I'm on. After we welcome a Brooklyn Irwin, but let's talk about the system that you came through and the super draft. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, well, Super Draft was last week, and TFC did pick up a new midfielder, and there was... I didn't get to watch it because I was at work, and I, I feel like you guys have seen, or did you actually watch it, or were you just... I was just following really on Twitter. Really following on Twitter? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I, I had it on at work. I was listening. Oh, okay. And while doing... Because I say, it seemed well, like you were fairly... Whilst like, working, fairly well informed in quotation marks, was I was listening, uh, but not actually watching. Okay. But I so I want to before we get into sort of like the NCAA and the draft system and stuff, and Ian's gonna talk about it a little bit. Um, the whole thing with Jack Harrison, yeah, like like what? Mm. So Chicago picked him, but then no. Like I'm still trying to wrap my head around this. But I think I think people seemed surprised when Chicago actually picked him. So I think they. Chicago maybe just kind of figured out what Philadelphia was going to do and realized New York wanted this other guy. So, all right, you know, the guy that they ended up with that New York picked at four, I think that's who Chicago actually wanted. Brendan somebody. And Vincent. Yep. Yes. And uh, I guess they figured out, oh, if we do it this way, we can get our guy plus a chunk of cash or whatever it was that they got from New York um, would be a logical explanation. So the fire are literally trying to rise from the ashes of what their club is right now. They have 18 players now, by the way. Mm. They can actually field a team. It's very exciting for them. Um, but uh, Once like, again, like, you can't throw stones. Like, <laughs> Come on. <laughs> we can throw a tiny stone. Okay, yeah, we can. Come on. Um, I guess it's appropriate from on like a Trump podcast that you would do that. Well, yeah. Even though we, we yeah, like the fire guys. We, we know dysfunction. Yeah. We, we, we <laughs> can spot it Ryan. elsewhere. I miss you guys. Yeah. Um, but, and then Garber didn't know how to announce where he was going. Like, I just, I keep hearing... It was 2006. That was a doozy. Yeah. Mm. And mm-hmm. then said the wrong team or something. It was a very Steve Harvey moment is what I heard. It wasn't the slickest job of announcing. I saw the, I saw the hashtag peak MLS a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, does, it doesn't do much to sell the draft either. No, as, no. As, as its stock plummets <laughs> year by year anyways. Uh, well, that's the thing. It was just like, come on. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there was there was a lot of you know, player to be named later and this person being traded for something we don't know what and this team trading with that for something we don't know what yeah. and for a lot of asterisks. allocation ranking yeah, here and yeah. there and it was yeah it a lot was of very, footnotes on Wikipedia it was for very the, MLS for the, well, <laughs> for the trying, I, was, I was trying even just to like look at the MLS like article on it today it was making my head spin I was yeah. like but okay so this person and then why are there seven lines for one transaction yeah it was weird. But that was the, the, the... I can't remember where I read one article where it was. I mean, the draft has become... Uh, you know, every team has a different strategy and approach to how they're going to how they're gonna approach a draft. And it's no, it's no longer, you know, I'm looking for a franchise player or a marquee player or necessarily looking for someone who's going to help your team immediately. It feels more like it, they're looking for bargaining chips. 
it runs the gamut. Mm. It could be it could be anything, right? It's whether you're looking for someone who can help you five years down the road and you just didn't bother scouting that year, mm. um, or whether you see someone, you hear that another team wants a guy, like we've already discussed, and you just do that to to get what you want um, later on the draft or outside of the draft, or you want to trade your draft picks, whatever. You know, teams who are struggling to fill out their roster, uh, it's it's definitely not the same as. NBA, NFL, or NHL—that's for sure. No. Oh yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, if you want a, a good indication of the MLS and the draft and everything, uh, you know, probably one of the most successful managers over the last like five or six years or something, Bruce Arena. Eh, he had one pick, traded it for cash, didn't even bother to sit in the coach's photo, and left early. That's hilarious. So well done, Bruce. Yeah. yeah. Kind of magnificent in that way. I have to admit, there's lots. Take notes, though, because I mean, LA has been at the forefront of Mm -hmm. every like in terms of like the way they've run their academy, and they had LA two before anyone else was fielding like in quotes the second team in Mm -hmm. USL Pro instead of instead of having an affiliate or relationship with their team, they fielded their own team. They've always sort of been like one step ahead of everyone else. So. Maybe next year, uh, yeah. Seattle won't be there either, and Kansas City won't show up to the draft as well. Uh, if, if, if things well, continue, I mean, you know, it's like TFC have already like started trading away. You know, they obviously gave away oh, their yeah, first like, round oh, pick oh, next year for Irwin. So, you know, they gave yeah. away both of them. They had two second round picks. They gave away both of them this year. They just given away their third. TFC well, appears you said, to be you said uh, SKC. You know, they Brad Davis. Which yeah, I, I had to put that in the notes because I, mm. I I had missed that in the week leading up to the draft. That just blew my mind that Brad Davis is no longer going to play in Houston. Yeah, and but that's how Kansas City got him. They traded a bunch of draft picks to Houston for uh, for not next year and the year after, and that was it. That's it's just weird to me, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, it, it seems odd from both sides of it, really. It's like, where exactly are you going to play in, yeah. and who is going to be moved to the bench, if anything, for him? And then, yeah, Houston, maybe this makes sense for them in a way, but it just seems weird that Brad Davis won't be on Houston. Yeah. Yeah, and whether Houston has really long-term plans. I don't know well, about yeah, that. Well, yeah, like, I'm curious, like, are we watching the start of a major rebuild in Houston? or Which would be interesting altogether right there as well. They've stumbled, so why mm-hmm. not? Yeah. Um, but, I, Ian, you are a fan of the NCAA system um, and how it brings players to MLS and so on. So if you just want to... Well, it's... it's uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, fan of the NCAA system. I'm definitely not... Uh, I think in Toronto uh, and in Canada to another extent over the last, you know, five, six, seven years, there has been a, you know, discussion or a narrative where it's like the NCAA is useless, the draft is useless... Um, academy is the future, et cetera, et cetera. But I don't think, at least at this, I'm sort of a believer of that. You know, why cut off? Why cut off a developmental path that exists, is proven, and continues to keep bringing players about? And we look at it from a Canadian perspective or a Toronto C perspective, um, where you know we don't really embrace the NCAA um, yet. We have uh, an academy in our region who has. And has produced a uh, number one and a number seven draft pick. Talk about Sigma, yeah, players. players who are probably going to mm-hmm. walk, who could potentially walk right onto a team. Well, they they will work for it. Yeah, but earn starting minutes. And um, you know, I just think when you look at that, and you look at especially like a team like Toronto FC, where to me it doesn't appear like they've they're leveraging that as a part of their roadmap. And, I, and part of me doesn't care what Toronto thinks. I'm thinking about the Canadian player. Uh, and we look at players from Toronto in the past, such as like a Matt Stinson or Oscar Codon, where once they've been cut, 
they're it gone. feels like that's the end of their career. However, if a player goes down to the States, and if they're at a team, let's say a Georgetown, or they're at a team like a Louisville, or they're at a Notre Dame, MLS teams scout those programs. Mm-hmm. MLS scouts are now familiar with the players who are performing on those teams, and subsequently, if we, if you know kids from here are there, they will know who they are. They're not coming up to Toronto to look at Oscar Cardone playing the CSL. Right. At, you <laughs> know they're not wasting their time, and because they don't. The truth is, they don't give a shit about Canadian soccer players. Yeah, true. Um, but if if those those kids can benefit them, and we can take advantage of the system that is set up, it can benefit us. And I think we've seen that. I'm interested to see how the USL, USL relationship develops over the years and whether we that continues. But what you definitely are seeing there's a pocket of Canadian kids right now who are in the NCAA, about 100 or so, that you know it looks like for the next couple of years there's going to be a Canadian in the top 10 of, right. of the Super Draft. So it does sort of raise a question of, you know, when people say, oh, this isn't the way to go, but there is a trend as well that if you're not ready from Academy to go straight into a senior team, you know, do you go to the NCAA? Do you go USL? And players, you know, teams are sending their players to the NCAA and then signing them back after. So I do think there's value in it. And I think, uh, you know, you're starting to see Vancouver do that a bit. They sent that Alex Comcia mm-hmm. to, to North Carolina, a mm-hmm. top NCAA program. Yeah. And I'm, I'm interested to see whether or not, you know, I mean, Toronto obviously brought in Jay Chapman last year sort of by accident they didn't send him to michigan state uh he went there and then they sort of were like oh i think you're i think you might be a homegrown uh we would really like you back oh you might be going to england how about toronto fc uh maybe we can cash in on that uh i know i've sort of like gone in a lot of different different directions because it's a very oh it's a i mean it's a it's it's not a very like like laser focused discussion that can go in a lot of directions and that's why i was saying like obviously usl it's for me it's early to say definitively how that fits into like a d- developmental roadmap for our Canadian players mm-hmm. um, and whether it's going to be necessarily a benefit for them. Yeah, I mean, so somebody, if they just signed like, a contract with TFC2, that would make them ineligible for NCAA? Well, I think it, that I th- still qualifies as, a, as enough of a pro contract that yeah, they can't. Yeah, I wonder because I'm trying to think of like, uh, I know in hockey, for example, right? Uh, once a player steps on the ice, if I'm not mistaken, in a pro yeah. setting, you're done. Yeah, you can't mm. go back. Right, even if you go into practice, that's that's the end, and you're not going to get that look. So, I have a feeling that's I have a feeling that's the case. I know, obviously, it's like League One, and it's like people have played in League One and NCAA. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know there's like a PDL team. Yeah, that TFC. Yeah. Had. TFC. So TFC left League One Ontario to go into the PDL. Yeah, and yeah, they've got the younger yeah. academy team in League One. So, I mean, at that level, can they still play at the PDL level and then maybe you know do NCAA and kind of do both? Because NCAA yeah. is better than nothing, but it's a very short season. If that's all you've got, then... Mm. Yeah, and that seems to be what every almost every player who's worth their salt will go and play PDL in the summers after NCAA. Mm-hmm. And you look at a team like KW United. Right. Yes. Like, uh, ben, like players from Syracuse. Like, yeah. all players from the Stets are coming up to play in the first players from the states are coming up to play on this kw united team which is crazy it's fascinating yeah so the pen ben polk who was one of the players that people were thinking toronto might have signed played for them this past oh, yeah, summer which mm-hmm. is so portland got him right yes yeah so great signing for that which is which is interesting because he has comparisons to bright dk who used to play on portland and and we were talking we broke him mm-hmm. yeah, Port- right. portland broke him first we just broke him <laughs> yeah. permanently 
we just it's like we stopped finished. his chances of recovering. We finished yeah. the job. Uh-huh. Um, I still feel bad. For Finish him. it. <laughs> so, but you know, the one thing to tie that up was you know when I was talking about the USL and, and players in NCAA getting recognition or sort of being in the shop window for American teams. The, the way it was sort of my one little bit of hesitation was obviously Mark Anthony K. Mark right. Anthony K. Right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Who played for TFC two and now is at Louisville. Yeah. Um, so that obviously must have been a benefit that people saw him play and, yeah. and, and a team like Louisville um, is willing to bring him in and give him a chance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely something I think that can help. I mean, ideally you can be doing it, yeah, go and play there and then be doing something else sort of in the meantime and it can definitely be, it's, whether it's helping their development more, who knows, but yeah, it definitely makes them more visible to other teams as well. So, yeah, so and just until there's the, a point to it for until sure. Until the academy system is, is better developed and better supported and until there's somewhere for them to to play properly. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, there's not seven divisions of football in North yeah, America. Yeah, exactly. they're, they're just right? there's only so much enough, they can do. Yeah, yeah there aren't enough pro teams and pro academies where anybody who needs a team is going to find one. Yeah. Really, so, so this yeah, is, and yeah. we can't and even within those seven divisions. We like a, a North American player can't easily go to another league, per, for example, like as you would in yeah. Europe, right? Like you can't just bounce around second divisions sometimes, oh, or yeah, you know, go from England to Germany or whatever. Yeah. Uh, a lot of players here don't have the paperwork necessarily mm-hmm. to hop over, so they're kind of stuck in the North American system. And and really, the ultimate thing is is that you want these players, especially a Canadian, to be playing as long as possible. Mm-hmm. So you know, when a kid turns eighteen and they have nowhere to go, they don't just hang it up and. You know, go to a Canadian university and, and play intramural soccer. Exactly, that's it. They're done. You know? Because the, the truth is, is that most players hit their prime and their peak in their mid to late twenties, yeah. and that's because. And, and when you look in other leagues that have lower divisions and whatnot, are set up as such, they get that opportunity to, to rack up a hundred, two hundred, three hundred games, and then when they're twenty six, twenty seven, twenty eight, like a Jamie Vardy, right, or like a Ricky Lambert, just step right into um, the team. There's, yeah. there's. There's a slew of players who who had to grind up from League Two, League One championship, and then they hit the Premier League. Not every player is a Raheem Sterling who's playing in the Premier League from the time they're 17. Mm-hmm. And and from a you know a discipline standpoint, I would hope, or <laughs> you know what I mean, from a personality standpoint, yeah. I would well, hope not every player is like a Raheem well, Sterling. Well, there's that too, right? Like there's the more you can, yeah, there, the more you can play, the more you develop that game maturity, that personal maturity. Um, game sense, the ability to work with different teammates, different game situations, whereas you play 10 games for your academy team and then get called up to your first team and then sit on the bench and play three games in a season, and then what happens to you? Mm-hmm. You just sort of spiral away or you know fade away. Yeah. And Toronto's complicit in that, as, as well as our many other teams, and, but it happens too often. So... Yeah, no, I, I see what you're saying in terms of the value for the draft. I think it's just that the last few years, one, there's been so many drafts, which is helps to sort of overshadow what this draft is about. But, but this one's super. <laughs> <laughs> how can you? How can it be overshadowed? <laughs> it's super. <laughs> but yeah, when there's when there's all the the silliness that happens, like there was at this year's draft, or when it feels like everyone. I think the expectations for the draft are too high from how some people look at it. They expect yeah. everyone that gets drafted, they feel like it's the NBA draft or the NHL draft where these guys get drafted, they're immediately supposed to be stars. And that's part of the North American, American way of looking at sports and drafts. Like, this is what it's supposed to be, as opposed to soccer doesn't work that way. 
and yeah. this is going to be different. So everyone was saying, oh, this is a USL draft this year. So what? Yeah. That means they get to play, and they get to play in a professional environment, and they get to play for teams, and they have an opportunity to further their career and get better. So why is this a bad thing? Yeah. I almost in 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 one respect I do almost find that more interesting because I do like looking back on previous years drafts and seeing, and seeing like Jeff Cameron like yeah. not even like sec- I think he was mm-hmm. like a thirty ninth pick Chris Wondolowski oh that one yeah right even Yao Plata Jao Young yeah. Jao Young yeah. Yao whatever mm-hmm. I mean we knew he was better than his pick but he obviously got left until the very end yeah. and and players like that I mean you can look at it if you if you look through the draft and you kind of like have that perspective I mean without uh, you know building hype around it you can you can even look at last year's draft and say you know what through through a first round if a team you know does their due diligence picks correctly you can you can find a guy who'll give you 25 to 30 games and even in that you can find a guy who'll give you 15 games i mean there's there's still value in that and then the next level down you can find a guy for your usl team that can give you 30 games mm-hmm. right so it just depends on where you're looking for and where you know necessarily where this player's at and if whether you do all your scouting at the combine well and then that's a whole different right <laughs> or whether you've right actually there. been tracking players and that could i'm sort of giving us a bit of a segue there mm-hmm. if you that's thought nice. if you could uh, pick up on that i did a little bit right. <laughs> so speaking of the combine ooh, i know who was who good at the combine you know, there was this player that was the combine MVP. Oh, he sounds good. He does sound good. I like when MVP is attached to anything. That's automatically like mm. a good thing. Um, and guess who picked him? Toronto FC. Toronto FC. I am not even kidding. So Sibasa and Doe. Good Lord, I love your name. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. TFC, if you do nothing else for us this year, other than getting us Clint Irwin, thank you. And a good defense. Uh, we, we thank you for uh, the fantastic name and uh, the podcast gods we will give thanks later so Subasa Endo combine MVP I have I have not followed any of the combine I haven't followed anything this year so I was like alright this is great did you even listen to the song <laughs> I did listen to the song okay the there you go <laughs> Well, if, if, if people are negative, people are going to say you know the the draft is useless. Then I would say the only thing more useless than the draft is the combine. Yeah, sure. The combine's weird. Like I, I get it. I it makes no it makes no sense. There's there's but there's again it's an American thing. You have to have you have to have a place where everyone come together and compare notes and have secret meetings in the hallway and you know everyone gets to be you know have their team doctors go around and poke and exactly. prod all the players and, have those and everything one on one talks and mm-hmm. you know. Jerry Maguire yeah. moments and all those things, right? Psychological like profiling and all exactly. that sort of thing. And, mm-hmm. Lock them in hotel rooms and make them sign contracts. Mm. Who's, 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 who did we say that about last year? Joe Chapman. Yeah, yeah, it looked like he'd been held prisoner. Mm. <laughs> Bez standing over him, you're going to sign this. Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry, don't hurt me, Bez. <laughs> yeah. um, you are our homegrown. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> homegrown. Oh, you came here to be drafted by another team? No. no. You're coming home with us. Exactly. We caught you. No, we didn't. No, we did not. We don't know what you're talking no, about. No, we did not. Yeah. You were ours. That paperwork was never filed. <laughs> but it is, I don't know, it seems to be he's somewhat well thought of. Um, he's got a, you know, he's got a decent background. Um, hasn't been a terrible player. You know, like, it's not someone you look at and go, really? The only thing that I do the question mark, though, is it's another midfielder. Yeah. And it's kind of like the, the the impression that was kind of given from Toronto FC on the player, which is not really correct. You know, especially, you know, I'm sure we all are highly skeptical when either Tim Bezbachenko or, or Greg Vanny gets in front of Mike. And the, 
gives plot it gives all these like positives <laughs> yeah. about a player yeah. you know he's you know you're just like when is he going to say um he's the best striker of the modern era never not quite that bad uh-huh. but getting you know you're kind of yeah. like you know just you just if he was wearing shorts then mm-hmm. he'd be there but otherwise you know it's like he wasn't he wasn't not like he was the heart of that Maryland midfield yeah right and he wasn't no. um and then the the player i believe was was male corbos who is a New York Red Bulls Academy player, oh. homegrown. So he will be. He's been signed by them. Yeah. Uh, and when you look at a lot of those top programs, there are quite a, like the best players on those teams end up being already associated with with the an teams, MLS exactly, team and with their academies. And but the thing, you know, maybe the one thing I would say, I mean, it does to me. You know, the, the, obviously the optics are. We showed up at the combine. We saw a guy play good <laughs> at the combine. We drafted the guy at the combine. And realize that you know he in most I think in most depth charts people had him sort of like in way in, in like let's say it's a top one hundred somewhere in the middle. Yeah. And if we don't have and if we see him and we like him and we say this is the guy we're going to pick and Toronto's going to pick until what fifty six, well then we pick him ninth. Exactly. Because really it's like I think there was uh-huh. three guys. It was that Julian Buescher who was at the German kid from Syracuse, yep. Ben Polk, and um, I think there was a winger named Verso from from Stanford who who arguably were the players that you could see fitting in with Toronto FC um, aside from like an attacking midfielder I think some people saw value in that so you kind of just like well I guess that is is what it is and mm-hmm. as we saw with the trades with with Clint Irwin I don't think Toronto is banking on the draft anytime soon so this yeah, is this is what we've done it's you know one of those things it's worth a shot you know he'll probably be in like TFC two next year, I think that is Endo's game next year. He'll be in TFC two. It's you know, see what happens from there. Really, I mean, give it a couple of years, and he's ready to be in the first team. Who knows what our needs are going to be at that point? So, yeah, it's yeah another similar to Clement Simonin. Really, it's just like oh, where where ooh, why yeah. why a secret combine? Maybe it'll work. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was, yeah. that was yeah. some secret yeah. Maryland combine. Uh, for the for Toronto and the Red Bulls, is that what happened? Something mm-hmm. like that. Baltimore has oh well, it is Baltimore, right? So yeah, yeah. There's all sorts of secrets in the mean streets of Baltimore. So there's the like there's the parking lot combine. Yeah, yeah. Down the street. But I don't. I mean, the, you you raise a question of where he fits in, obviously, and he doesn't. No, <laughs> at all. Let's be let's be direct. Like yeah. in terms of right now, you have Osorio, you have Delgado, and then you have of course uh, Johnson and Bradley. So uh, and. You know, I Bradley guess, is I our attack. Bradley's our attacking midfielder. Okay, no one forget that. So <laughs> don't even endo. Don't even think about it. All right, go on the wings. Go out wide. Just, mm-hmm. just do what you got to do out is there. Team allowed to play out wide though. I, I don't feel like. Yeah, I mean, is. was he? I think he was. I feel like I've seen him some play. He was going like right side yeah, midfielder yeah. last year, which right? would have uh, been, which would be lovely in his university time. Yeah, yeah, it's an alternative to Delgado, and whether he'd be more of a winger and actually stay wide or he'd be another one of those well he's wide but he's really essential guy who's just going to drift in you know, so sorry who yeah. knows um, and then there's oh yeah there's, and there's Lovitz too does Lovitz still play for TFC yes mm, he's who also books. played with Clint Irwin way way back in the day oh yeah yeah one of the when he was playing you research leagues. oh yeah mm. some sort of when he went from Ottawa to what was the middle ground before going to Colorado like uh-huh. Reading United or something like that, something like one of those random. kind of teams. Yeah, Dan Lovitz played there. Oh, okay. So they're 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 buddies too. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All sorts of interconnected strings and things happening here. Delightful. So. It is delightful. 
But yeah, we'll see. It's, you know, I like a good feel-good story. Hopefully this actually comes to fruition. You don't expect, I don't expect every player that gets drafted to do something right away. And TFC honestly didn't need much from the draft. So this doesn't bother me as much perhaps as maybe other years when it's like, sure. we have no players. Yeah. Could well, you at we, least draft someone good? Because that middle, that middle first round or like around the 10 pick yeah. is kind of, you, you, yeah. you, you either end up with like Will Bruin or Patrick Mullins or someone really good, or you end up with a player that's gone before even the first game of the oh, season, yeah. right? Gone so pre-season mm-hmm. or before, during pre-season. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think if you're getting down even was relatively high is getting down to ninth. Yeah, no one can really legitimately be expecting. Yeah, you're going to be drafting someone who's going to be playing a lot and really contributing next year. So, yeah, take a chance, see what happens. Mm. All right. So, one more thing before we move away from the draft and uh, Subasa Endo. God, I love his name so it's much. Going to be so much fun. It's mm. going to be so much fun. Well, this leads to the question: What nickname are we going to land on for this guy? Because there's just so many I don't know like I literally my mind just jumps from thing to thing going so many things it's terrifying actually how excited this makes me it's not a good thing because yeah. he's not going to play and we're already thinking up nicknames for him but mm-hmm. just in case you've, you've got to think there's got to be something in his history you've got to think all the his fellow just, students and whatever well that's the obvious one is you've got to think though his fellow students and everything would have had fun with his name at some point and there'd been something out there so I have to look up Maryland message boards is what yeah, you're who saying knows, yeah. like you know Maryland uh, Facebook just searching through people's Twitter and yeah, all that sort yeah, of thing all right, I um, but yeah I mean so Captain Subasu is the obvious one uh, yeah, there's, there's I was calling awesome. him Susu Studio in my head hmm? oh yeah okay that's good yeah. and, we can, and we could sing the song like he he, has, he comes with a building Su-su-su-basa. yeah well it's you know mm. yeah. and then uh, there's the, the Ewok the, thing the with boy name boy name Subasa yeah, yeah. Uh, Endo yeah. you know Battle of Endo oh yeah <laughs> I just can't like I'm just one, I'm just ready for like you completely missed earlier when I dropped an Endo's game reference in there <gasps> that was a good one. Oh, mm. I did totally miss that oh I'm sad mm. I just have like all my uh, with Homer Simpson sound bites queued up. That's oh, the yeah. that's all I'm thinking Absolutely. about from podcasting oh, capabilities. Yeah. It's gonna have a gazillion of them. It's <laughs> amazing. Yeah, it'll be the new Fagundes. Mm, possibly. It's true. There's so many different ones. Yeah, it's podcasting gold. We thank you for this gift. Please let him play. At least in like the Voyagers Cup or something. When we're missing half the squad. Yeah, there's 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 potential. All right, welcome aboard, Subasa Endo. We hope we get to see you out there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the beauty of I guess it is the way that tone was like, were you being serious or not? No, no. I and that's, like, that's a legitimate I, thing. Yeah, yeah I, I'm no, serious. A, we yeah. may not, so yeah. we do hope we get to yeah. see you out there. Yeah. I, we hope we do. We I, really do. I'm not entirely confident. I mean confident. that sincerely. Yeah. I mean, the beauty of it is, though, if we don't, you know, that there's going to be a lot of, you know, this is the end. Oh, oh <laughs> yeah. it's the end of the line. <laughs> this is... You know, even, even when we cut him, oh my god, it's, 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 it's go, no. putting gold. Danley Borman's favorite band makes a comeback, boys to men. It's the end of the road. There you go. Oh, yes, nice. good one. Uh-huh. Here we go. Yeah. End of the world as we know it. Uh, there's, there's many, many, many things we can go with here. It's delightful. Mm. All right, moving on, because we will do this all night. Yeah, no the kidding. The thing that he ever did was before he left. He went and named me Sue. Well, he must have thought that it was quite a joke and it got a lot of laughs from lots of folks. Seems I had to fight my whole life through. 
Some gal would giggle and I'd get red And some guy'd laugh and I'd bust his head I'll tell you, life ain't easy for a boy named Sue Well, I grew up quick and I... Hey everybody, it's Bitchy Blanks Car 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 Nice Hello everybody and welcome to this week's edition of Bitchy Blanks, our favorite hashtag game, and we hope yours as well. Last week's Bitchy Blank was, TFC will trade their first round draft pick for blank. Before we get to this week's winner... Gentlemen, what do you have for this blank? Uh, I'll go with the the benefit of hindsight. We will trade our first round draft pick for Clint Irwin. Well, you, you meant oh. this year's? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, dear. yeah. Didn't get that. Mm. That's cheating. Maybe. Um, <laughs> we will trade our first round draft pick for Magic Beans because the team is fine. We don't need anything else. We're salting these away for the future. Okay. Chicago Fire Scarf. Mm. <laughs> That's fair. Hot commodity. That seems, that seems, it is a hot commodity. That seems mm-hmm. like, uh, yeah, yeah, before bringing the sting, before they mm. swoop in, right? Something like that. There you go. I feel like we'd probably get more value for a Philly uh, sort of union scarf, really. I feel like. Or well, Philly, well, uh, an autograph. How about an autographed Harrison scarf? Ooh, an autographed mm. Chicago, Chicago Fire, Fire Harrison, Harrison scarf. scarf. That's what I meant. Half and half Chicago Fire, New York City. <laughs> Harrison autographed yeah. scarf. Oh yeah, here we go. Soccer, eBay is just going to be on, like, mm. literally on fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this week's winner is a uh, longtime listener, friend of the pod, Will Graham. Hi, Will. At Big Wooly Style on the Twitters. TFC will trade their first round draft pick for a player that they could have picked up in the second round. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, well played. Man. Thank you, Will. <laughs> it's funny because it's true. Uh, this week's Bitchy Blank is Chris Kanaka's nickname was Caveman. Clint Irwin's nickname will be Blank. Stingray. <laughs> As I said, that, that will come into play later on in the okay, show. There okay, you go. Okay. Um, so that's been taken, that's been obviously, taken, yeah. Twitter he users. He trademarked that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so it's like, uh, try to beat it. <laughs> uh, Ian just threw out the traditional come at me bro pose. And uh, yeah, gauntlet mm-hmm. thrown. Or keeper glove thrown, whatever. Yeah. As always, do send us your answers to us on the Twitters at VocalMinorityCA or to any of our individual Twitter accounts as you see fit. But as always, play as often as you like. Get us those answers by 5 o'clock on Monday. Thanks. Um, so, preseason officially starts on Friday. Right. Crazy. And, uh, which, yeah, it was a bit weird. It's like, I was looking at the dates. And I was like, no, that really is this week. Okay, yeah. Mm. Uh, but the team sort of, sort of seems a little bit all over the place right now. You've got players who are tweeting and stuff about flying into Toronto or driving into Toronto, and you've got other players who are still sort of off in Europe or wandering around Nevada and L.A. Hi, Art. Coming back from holiday in Mexico. Exactly, right? just doing these random things. Mm. But and, and a lot of them don't seem to be, oh, yeah, got to get ready to go back to Toronto. No, it's like, oh, yeah, we'll see you guys later. Um, I figure Gomez got given permission to hang out in L.A. because that's where TFC is going first, apparently. They're going to spend a week in, the, in L.A. Mm-hmm. Yes, and maybe falls all the uh, the younger kids. Yeah, you get your ass back here. Exactly. And, you know, you can go through your basic poking and prodding and, and get your fitness you things. You, LA, yeah. you guys get trotted out in front of the media. You know, the older guys will spare you that. Yeah. 
And then they're back to Toronto for a brief window, like a couple days maybe. And then off to Orlando for this year's edition of the Mickey Mouse Cup. Hey. Who are they playing again? We- oh, God. Orlando. Montreal? A couple of other teams. I don't know. I feel like Montreal is in the mix Is, is there going to be a Scandinavian team invited? There has to be. Isn't that tradition? Probably. Some some U18 team that they'll I would say there was a, one, at least one of the New York teams, I feel, is going down there. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't really they, matter. It, it doesn't really matter. doesn't. And they haven't really released mm. much detail yet. I was looking quite extensively online today. Anyone? Bueller? No? Okay. I think, you know, it's good that they're sort of like getting them going as soon as possible. Get them out to LA, get them some training or bonding or whatever um, together. But I was just wondering, like, why not just train under the bubble up at Kia? Is it too cold? Like, I've literally, I've never been up there. So I imagine it is YouTube still quite professionals cold. Who have I have never Kia. been under a bubble at Kia. Yeah. No, I haven't been in the bubble what? at Kia either. So I'm, I'm presuming it is probably still quite cold and just generally unpleasant. And you know, really if, if you can, that. if you can go somewhere not? warm, why not? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I guess I would say that considering the season when it's the season starts, that you want to get your players as much warm weather off the hop to kind of you know ease them into right. what will be a you know frigid march in april wherever they're playing well at least we'll be playing in toronto but anyways they'll be on the road no yeah they're starting new york new york that's gonna be yeah, cold it'll be in so march. warm yeah mm-hmm. it's sunny climbs mm-hmm. dc mm. Sh- is chicago in there somewhere <sighs> philadelphia it was a long time ago there was a lot of eastern seaboard games mm. on the road to start i was like why aren't they warm places? Yeah, why aren't they just all playing in the South? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you would think. Houston. They would set the schedule up that way at the start of a season. Shh, don't be silly. Um, so, yeah, I, I was, it was a genuine question. Like, I don't know because I haven't, I've never, I've never played under a bubble. Like, anytime I, when I played, I only played outside, so. Yeah, I presume it's more about keeping the wind and the snow out. I can't imagine it's great for. For warmth? For warmth. Okay. Who knows? But, yeah, so hopefully. Hopefully they release some details fairly soon, given that, again, this is happening, you know, in a few days. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, the Mickey Mouse Cup is, it is Mickey Mouse, but it's interesting if they can get a working stream this year. You would hope. Yeah. That would be nice. Yeah. Because that's the first opportunity we get to see. I feel like the the Mickey Mouse Cup is generally quite good for that. I feel like the last couple of years we've been elsewhere. I thought, was elsewhere. last year? Was, oh, last year we were elsewhere, weren't we? Yeah, I feel like we're in Arizona somewhere or something. And that's yeah. where we ran into all the mm. problems with the strain, that's right. Yeah, I feel like when it was in Orlando, it was, eh, you did you only do a decent job of, you know, there's, all, there's not many cameras and that sort of thing. But yeah. you know, it's, it's just an opportunity sufficient. to get to see what any of the new guys look like and whether there's sort of, you know, it's, it's preseason, so they don't always tip their hands formation-wise. But you sort of hope this year they do because the starting 11 should be it should be set. Yeah. There shouldn't be a lot that changes. But you, you never know. I mean, like, I, if I remember correctly, the year that Osorio came through, yeah. we started really taking notice of him during the preseason. Exactly. That was like, um, oh. And that's always, you know, you do want to see how everyone fits in and whether or not, I mean, there's, there is still rumors we may bring in. Uh, we, we want to see this defense, obviously, and we want to see Clint Irwin, and we want to see whether or not, if Toronto does bring in another defender, um, how they all sort of look. And we, and, and, we, and we've seen players come in before in preseason look <laughs> terrible and never quite make it to the first regular season game. Uh, um, so, I mean, there is... Soon, a, yeah. Uh, Acevedo? Caicedo. Caicedo. Caicedo was the one. Where did, I think it was Kurt Larson. Kurt Larson make the second half. No, Kurt Larson was just like, what is this? 
I just remember that. I just remember that being like, this guy is not a professional. I don't know what he's doing here. <laughs> it was so weird. It was so weird. Oh, and then of course to see you know where Michael Bradley's decided to play. And, well, yeah. Uh, I, how exactly are they going to fit the front six together, and what kind of way? I do and, expect to see them mess around with that a bit. That would be good. Um, but yeah, I, I, I sort of that's sort of when the season sort of feels like it will actually start. You know, the teams together and doing things of a game like nature. Hopefully. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just want I just want the season to start. I'm really impatient this year for some reason. Yeah, I'm just like you're, I'm, you're, you're, you're giddy and, and I, feeling I, good I, yeah, about I things. Have to, I have to stop this. It's terrible. Like mm. someone needs to give me something to be cynical. Because there's been all these good things and you need something bad to happen. I really and do. That's the only opportunity it's, to see it happening. It's really like messing with my head. I'm like, <laughs> far too positive about this right now. It's not good. Mm. It's not healthy for me. It can't possibly be. <laughs> It's just not right. I don't think so. Mm. Um, so you mentioned the defense and signing another defender. So rumor mill. Up until this morning, we had heard some whispers that Kanaka was coming back, that their team was looking at some sort of old Italian keeper on a short contract to be their number one. Kanaka was going to back him up. And Bono and Roberts shunted back down to TFC 2. Now with Quint Ir- Clint Irwin on board, do, you know... It's, it's, it, no one really knows. Is it just going to be, you know, Q and, and Bono? Or is there still, like, this tiny... Do you guys think there's, like, this tiny little tra- chance that Chris Ganoffa comes back? Oh. Um, I'd say a small one. I don't know, really. Would, would, but, like, like I, I think it would be funny. But would that be just one of the worst PR moves ever, if they allowed it? <laughs> Well, like, it's not I, necessarily, I think, like, you know, issy... I think if they were to bring him back as the starting goalie, that'd be a, a terrible PR move. Right. I think this, so, ah, okay, this kind of makes sense. You got this guy, and then, you know, you needed a backup, and yeah, you were able to come to terms with Konopka. You know, you maybe didn't want to sign him what is before, but then eventually, I mean, it depends on how much they're going to be paying him to bring him back, if they right. do bring him back, obviously. But uh, it wouldn't be a disaster, I don't think. No, I... I yeah, I don't think so either. To be honest with no. you, no, it's not. It's not a. I mean, I liked him, but it's not like a profile player where you're necessarily gonna. Yeah. Kind of lose it over, but. Um, oh no! I didn't mean that. It'd be. I just. I, I think it's more in the. It would be humorous, but weird because you know he became a little bit this, this season. He became a little bit of a cult figure for, for mm-hmm. some people, and I yeah. really myself. You know, I, I admit I am totally biased towards Chris Kanopka. I think he. I think he's really interesting. I, I quite enjoy him, but. Um, I do find the prospect of them finding any reason or any way to bring him back not a good thing. Like, if you cut ties, you cut ties. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I think this is also the case of, obviously, you have Bono and Q that are coming up, and you want to see them get that sort of, at, at minimum, that second slot. Or one of them get the lion's share of time in at uh, TFC2, and another one getting some opportunities with the senior team. So well, that is what I would love. Yeah, have one of them be the main guy at TFC2, and then the other one be the primary backup, and that's the way they both get minutes. So the other rumor, and this this should put a smile on Duncan's face. Um, Chad Barrett? No. Aww. That uh, Philippe, Felipe from Udinese might be coming this way, and Damien Perkis might be leaving. Mm. This is this is what I've been I've had whispered to me a couple times in the last two days, so I doubt it happens. But it was just sort of I just, just been out there know, in the ether. Yeah, the Felipe um, part of it. Yeah, yeah, oh, that, that's no. You know, it's more just like get rid of Pakistan. Right, part that's, of it that's is, the part I thought that's the big smile, thing. Yes. yes. Oh, okay, great. Yeah, 
Mm. Right? Like yeah. That's, that's sort of like the key. That's the key to that whole like, everything equation. making sense, I think, right yeah. now. Yes. And then just, sure. just stop. <laughs> just stop. Every week we have this argument. It's too bad. Well, what, what's your call my boss. I love Ben Washer. Thank you. I enjoy him as well, but now that we've signed Bill Johnson, there's too many midfielders that are too expensive, yeah, and I don't it's really see weird, how it It's weird. It's weird. I won't deny that, but uh, I just don't feel like it's a valuable thing to get rid of. He's probably got one more season. He's. I just think he's. We've talked about this. He's one of the smartest, most professional players they've had. Why get rid of that? Because it's a salary cap world we live in. And you know TFC as they are still. I mean, they signed like a lot of big contracts this season. Well, two of them at least. But I, and then a couple of the smaller keys ones. To all the allocation kingdoms. Well, I mean that's that's the part of it. We all, we, we don't really know the uh, the full work. Right, we never it, will. Really. I mean, ideally, you know, with this whole TAM thing, ideally we'd be having three DPs and then two other sort of big guys that we bring in. I think right now the two big guys that are in the TAM box to make room for everyone else are currently Sheru and Perky probably which would be a bit disappointing which is why we get rid of Perky yeah yeah for sure I I mean if we if we can get rid of I mean like you look at Sheru stairs I would not be up in arms I mean compare those two players and what they offer on the the field and like one is good for just a jaw dropping gaff yeah. Or two mm-hmm. every game, and the other one and is is is. Well, I was gonna say, and one is good for a jaw dropping thirty yard pass yeah. every mm-hmm. game, Which is or a through ball or something. So or a nice nutmeg. Yes, I, I think you know, like if, you were saying that this is how positive and how you don't have uh, not too many criticisms or things to complain about this week. That would be like my that would sort of be like my last. Yeah, want is is yeah. is that one more. Like Marquis, a Marquis center back would be it for me, and I'd be like, mm-hmm. "Wow, I'm sold." I'm not even sure we need a, a Marquis one. I mean, it's just being a solid one. When I say Marquis, I just—I I mean, I don't care what his name is. I don't care if anyone's—I don't care—I don't care if he does—he sells tickets or no one's heard of him. Is—is is that not the definition of a Marquis <laughs> signing? Well, I mean, I have a big name that you would put yeah, on the Marquis. They, they put him on the Marquis. <laughs> yeah. uh, True enough. Oh, that um, was fantastic. But I, what I. Well, my marquee signing is in what everyone else's is. I mean, let's put it like that. But I think of like um, yours is yours is more Marky Delgado. Yeah, his name is Marky. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. exactly what it is. Hey. Um, is he bringing the funky bunch with it? He could be. Okay, could be. that's exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. That's what I thought. Oh, you guys really ruined my uh, <laughs> ruined my flow there. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Anyway, deserved. I will say it was deserved. Um, anyway, you want to bring another center back? Yes. Um, that would make everything... Let me say this. Yes, if if the four defenders were lining up, he would be the marquee of the four. Um, that's kind of what I'm thinking of, is mm-hmm. that someone who's really is the general, the marshal on the back line. So, okay. so someone, I feel like, like that's I thought, I kind Drew, of what they brought Drew, Drew Moore in to be. Yeah, yeah I don't... I don't like no, one. I don't think so. I, 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 no, I, don't, I feel like he probably would be good enough so that you know we got Morrow and Bedashaw are good Moore is a bit of an organizing kind of guy you can probably get away with having like Williams or maybe Zavaleta or Hagland or Simonin takes a big leap and can really take that spot and then you can potentially be using the money elsewhere I wouldn't be against getting in a, a trying a different big money centre back not Paquise but yeah if we are getting rid of Paquise bringing this like Felipe guy whatever you know I'd be 
okay with trying that. That would make things more solid, and I think it would be a lot more palatable to be having, you know, hey, who's your big money defender from Europe? Yeah, it's not this guy that you all hate. It's this other guy. Yeah, you'll hate him later, but for now, yes, <laughs> quite possibly. Yeah, it's it's it, it is one. It's basically it's, it feels like the last like true um, piece of the puzzle. Like, there's always tinkering, and again, this is all we've said it a million times and we'll keep saying it until the season starts on paper TFC offseason champs and you can say that with as much sarcasm and eye rolling as you want um, it's potentially it's a really solid offseason for TFC and mm. I say that I say solid and I, I actually prefer this offseason to many others I was not as you how know, can you say that there's been hardly any press conferences exactly Although mm-hmm. like, how, we have, I haven't got to go down to the Air Canada Center it. once this off season. No Bullshit. <laughs> you uh-huh. have been wine and dine. I'm sorry. Mm. There's more beer I mean, what is this like? Oh, Clint Irwin. Oh, he's having a conference call tomorrow. A conference call. Yeah. Come on, Will TFC. Johnson conference call. Come on. Yeah, Will Johnson Bull conference shit. call. Like that one. <laughs> that one did piss me off. Why is he uh. not like? Coming through the curtain with music playing. At least and fans. Why are the Voyagers not? You know, that was a. TFC, that was a missed opportunity. At least, at least take him to the BMO Fields, like, broom closet media thing. Exactly. Or, you know, the KTG, whichever. Oh, right. no, do it at Real Sports, pack the Vs sure, in, we'll cheer for Will Johnson. Okay. Come on, you don't need, like, the other supporter groups. Bring in the Voyagers. Let's, let's have a little moment with Will Johnson. But no, mm. missed opportunity, TFC. There you go. There's my complaint for the week. Excellent. Big complaint. All right. Well, that's pretty much our show. No, not pretty much. That is our show for this week. Thank you all for listening in. Uh, next week, come back and we'll talk about well, something. Something. Hopefully. We'll find something to mm. talk about. Potentially a new defender. Maybe some if they come back, if talk. they come back to training, they might yeah. have talked to the maybe. media or something. Yeah, and you had yeah. something that we we're going to come back and talk about. No, no. no? Yeah, it's like no. I'm not giving <laughs> you guys ideas. I have my own podcast. Screw you. Um, <laughs> I can see the wheels turning. They've um, however, we hope you've enjoyed this week's episode with this week's special guest. So I have been joined by Mr. Ian Clark at mm-hmm. Clark RNO on the Twitters from Red Nation Online and the East Side Stand Up. Thank you. Podcast, you're welcome. Thanks for agreeing yes. to come back. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for having me, guys. You, mm-hmm. you look slightly less angry this time, so that was good. Like a gas. Oh, yeah. So it's got a little less frustrating yeah, uh, yeah, process. Yeah. Yeah. The last time I was like, what is going on? <laughs> Singing. <laughs> We're gonna get you to sing one of these episodes. <laughs> it's true. You'll be back, and and they'll be singing. Uh, Mr. Duncan D. Fletcher at Duncan D. Fletcher on the Twitters. Thank you. You're welcome. Hello. Hello. Thanks as, for having me. Oh, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's always a pleasure to have you here. Uh, as for me, I've been your host, Kristen Knowles at Casey Knowles on the internet. Yes, the entire internet. Until we, until dear lords, until next week, Toronto. Get used to it. Did any of you guys ever find out if they actually, if anyone else 
saw that quote of TFC season 10, we've only just begun. No, and I forgot to mention it to We've guys. only just begun? So he's messaging me, and I'm like, <laughs> that, myself. I he know it happened. I know it happened. Facebook page, and I'm like, where? He's like, no, 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 look again. I'm like, I'm looking everywhere. They posted a post on Facebook that was like a photo, like an Instagram photo, but on Facebook, with the season 10 logo. Mm. And it was like, season 10, Toronto FC, dot, dot, dot. We've only just begun. Mm. And I was like, wow. Like, wow. Yeah, you're, you're like, please tell me you guys are going to talk about this. And I was like, and I, texted, I was like, are you saying, did you talk about it this week? You saving it for next? Because I think it was last Monday. Yeah. And you're like, I don't know what you're talking about. And I'm like, yeah, mm. I didn't talk about it. I need to pay more attention to things. But apparently. it's gone. It's mm. gone. I think they took it down. Because yes. I remember looking at it and a couple of people were making fun of them. And then I went back later and people were really making fun of them for having said, we've only just begun. Oh, <laughs> you, you've, you've been going have to take 10 years. Time. It's right there in the thing. Yeah. It's not nice. After only after ten years you've only just begun. That's nice. <laughs> Those are the nine years they didn't count. <laughs> oh that's nice. We haven't begun yet. Can, can we get our money back? No, no? Okay, didn't seem <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Homework. You gotta be kidding me. <laughs> it was in the rundown. What I don't know it? that's for me. I thought that was assumed that other people had it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me give me you guys go first. Okay. okay, fair All enough. Right. So, uh, yeah. Go with Besides, uh, yeah. This, this one will be more difficult, I think. Subasa, that's almost a gimme. There's so many yeah. options. This yeah, one, I mean, they'll have to this work one, for it. It's, yeah, there's, there's sort of Steve Irwin, Clint Eastwood. There's a couple of obvious ways exactly. to go. And then potentially other things beyond that. That's the hope. Mm. Well, there's only a couple more things, really, that we want to talk about before we wind up this week's episode. Why don't we just call him Steve Eastwood? <laughs> <laughs> It's like, it's, like, it's like a back to the future sort of thing. Just call him Steve Eastwood. Steve, Steve Eastwood. Eastwood. Nice. Stevie. Can we put that in? Because I don't want Stingray. I'm, I'm laying claim to Stingray and Steve Eastwood. Oh my god. Ian comes on the show. He's super greedy. Fucking bring it on. No one's going to beat that. All these losers in third place for your contest. Okay. I'm going to make you look proud. Ian Bitchy Blank's crown, I think. Mm. I think maybe. Uh-huh. Maybe a little belt. Uh-huh. Yeah, I can do that out of tinfoil. You're going to have to start sort of playing every week now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know, I'm kidding. Come on the podcast more than once a year, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah. Do your home. I mean, what? No. Internet archive. Ben oh, man, I wanted to make a joke about, joke about Endo having the high grip profile. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> That was the one I was trying to remember. You'll just, you'll just have to come back. That's what it was. They scouted him in Maryland and measured his grit. That's why they picked him. Shit. Outtakes. Yep. Is this recording? <laughs> Is that recording? recording right now. Yeah. Amazing. See, there, there you go. go. It all works out. Put it in there. <laughs>